You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Housing for the Aged Action Group, HAG for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof! We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. That's right, you're listening to the Housing for the Aged Action Group show here on 3CR. This is Raise the Roof. My name is Shane and I'm here with Fiona. How are you doing, Fiona? I'm good, thanks, Shane. How are you going? Oh, couldn't be better. Who doesn't love, you know, halfway through stage four lockdowns in Melbourne, Dan's announced that he's going to go for a year of emergency, emergency measures. Um, love, absolutely love living in Victoria at the moment. Who, who wouldn't? Um, the place to be, the place to be, yeah. Um, the place to be a week ago was right here when we recorded the interview that we're about to play to you with uh Irene from the Renters and Housing Union, um, who had some really interesting stuff to say. We'll get to that in just a sec. Just wanted to flag before we do that that there was a fair bit of talk in there about um, a petition to extend the special renting measures that the Victorian government had passed. So um, things like the eviction moratorium and the rent reduction arrangements were set to expire in September um, and Rahu was uh, calling on the government to extend that. The government has now agreed to extend that and maybe we'll pop back in after the recording to talk a little bit more about uh, what that means. But let's just cut, cut to it. Let's go to the interview. Um, I think you'll find it really interesting. Okay, so we're joined today by the Secretary of the Renters and Housing Union, Irini Toledas-Noyce. How are you going, Irini? Hey, folks. Thanks heaps for having me on. Um, yeah, I'm going really well. We're um, under, under the pump at the moment with the Rahu Union and, um, yeah, feeling, feeling, uh, feeling like we're counting down the weeks at the moment until we finally hear word about the extension of relief measures that we need. Oh, well, thanks for making time for us today. Um, we'll maybe talk some more about the, the relief measures in a, in a little bit, but can you start just by telling us about how the union got started? Absolutely. So um, at the beginning of the pandemic in March, uh, in Australia, as well as internationally, um, there was a call for rent strike and thousands and thousands of renters across the continent uh, agreed to withhold payments, um, both rent and mortgage payments, um, due to the pandemic in, um, impacting our livelihoods. So in that time, um, a few thousand renters in Victoria got together and started to organise um, for the relief measures that they needed and took action collectively to withhold rent. We started to develop working groups by region, so in the north, south, east and west areas of predominantly inner city Melbourne, and started to organise weekly meetings with each other to discuss how we could protect each other from potential eviction. The government rolled out measures around that time in late March 
um, that help to prevent certain evictions, like no-fault evictions. However, the measures were not enough um, to keep many, many renters safe from eviction, particularly illegal evictions. So in May, we unionised our efforts and we've been working ever since to make sure that renters had accessible information about what they could do in negotiations because that was one of the things that the government announced was partnerships with our landlords um, to negotiate for the much needed reductions of rent. Um, so yeah, we've been working absolutely flat out ever since to make sure that we can negotiate effectively um, even though that power imbalance is there. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, we've talked quite a bit on this show um, and elsewhere about, you know, what, what a disastrous model that is, that is or can be for renters, this idea that we can all just sit down at the table with our landlords and they'll do the right thing. You know, and we've, we've seen that real estate agents are, are absolutely systematically organising to make sure that they deliver as few rent reductions as possible to try and sell people on deferrals and delays and, and paying you know, the full amount of rent, regardless of what the government says their intentions are. Like, how, how have you been able to, to address that or, or, like, what's been your approach? Yeah, it's been pretty interesting. I mean, the, I mean, I say interesting. It's been kind of, um, it's been extremely concerning so I guess the way we're approaching it is like any union, um, the idea of negotiation is usually between uh, two equal or mutual parties that have the ability to negotiate with each other. Um, so in an industrial dispute, for example, the, the union is able to represent themselves collectively um, and sit at the bargaining table across from the bosses and in our situation that is just completely not the case the the system of privatized rentals has become such that we're all completely atomized and individualized and set up these kinds of uh, contracts um, between a share house as of individuals against um, basically an agent really because the agent speaks on on the landlord's behalf and in this process of mediation from consumer affairs that the government's rolled out in these last few months, ourselves as renters don't have the option to even have a representative in those discussions and in those mediations. So it's been incredibly difficult and challenging, um, not even to mention that most of that negotiation, even before it goes to CAV, has been completely drawn out by the agent because in their better interest, if they don't achieve a reduction and a new agreement, basically they can argue and they have many, many times with a lot of our renters and members that you're owed the original agreement amount for the period of time in which you're negotiating. Mm. Um, so it's been incredibly concerning in that way um, because not only does that mean that there's a huge bill at the end of that um, at the end of that period, but also that any negotiation of reduction that's been achieved has often been manipulatively made into a deferral. So you have two waves of debt, um, even if you've attempted to negotiate, and we're trying to make sure that renters know that that's not what the government's legislation initially was um, written for, even though 
yeah, it's basically been left up to us to make sure we know what our rights are there. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned also earlier the other part of the kind of government's, well, the other main part, I guess, of the government's response in Victoria to, to housing and renting issues during the pandemic, which is the, the so-called eviction moratorium. Um, and you expressed some kind of concerns or doubts about the, the effectiveness of that. Could you talk more about that? This has been my, my bugbear, so it's nice to hear someone else, um, someone else's perspective. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, it's a long, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to encapsulate the general issues with it because it's a long-standing problem that goes all the way back to even the 80s in terms of the Residential Tenancies Act. Um, but to try and sum it up, basically, you have a small net that is the Residential Tenancies Act. And in that has formal lease agreements and particular like requirements, um, both for the landlord and the renter in terms of what you're meant to be doing in your agreement. What the Act doesn't include and still doesn't include since the 80s and since it's, you know, 1997 version are measures around shared tenancy. So there's nothing in there about share houses. There's also nothing in there about sort of illegal subletting and the complete, you know, huge rot that that is, um, even though it says certain um, conditions and things need to be met in any agreement, there are thousands and thousands of renters, particularly um, temporary visa holders, international students living with an informal lease agreement. Um, and so for, for a lot of people in those situations, they're absolutely at the disposal of the subletter. Um, and often those subletters have multiple properties and um, basically can do whatever they want to people, or at least that's the way that they've treated it. So in those cases, um, the measures around mediation for reduction are just completely unrealistic to what these renters are able to, to get. Often um, many migrants will come to us and ask if they'll even be allowed to negotiate for a reduction because it might influence their visa status, which is just, you know, just shows the level of like uh, lack of um, lack of advice or legislation around people in those situations. But yeah, generally speaking, um, there are so many ways you can evict someone if you're a landlord, and some of them are to threaten, to instill fear um, around being blacklisted or um, basically around, you know, the idea of looming debt that many renters in this last few months have actually left and moved out on their own, like, quote unquote, on their own accord, but under the pressure and fear of retaliation. So they're kind of what we would consider still um, an eviction of a kind. They're, they're leaving preemptively because of the very real fear of retaliation. Then we also have evictions like many, many landlords have sent out notices to vacate, even though legislatively they're void currently. Mm. It still meant that renters who might not have known about that have left regardless. I mean, many people have also been sent from agents um, emails, template emails, stating that because you're in arrears, uh, a termination order will be sent and the police will carry that out. So they've been threatening police at their doorstep during a lockdown 
and during social distancing measures, as well as the fact that the police are not currently carrying out those orders. So there are lots of ways to threaten eviction to people. And we're seeing concerningly a lot of the time that, yeah, agents and landlords aren't aren't committing to the the standard process that's been legislated. Yeah, I mean, it's consistently frustrating, I guess, for us that, you know, you kind of expect this from landlords and real estate agents, you know, they act in their own interests. They're, they're not, you know, they're not our friends. But Consumer Affairs, which is the agency that, that normally is responsible for enforcing the laws, you know, in, it is an offence for an agent to misrepresent your rights. It's an offence to try and compel someone to leave a property otherwise than by following the, the processes set out in legislation. But consumer affairs is just fully idle in this area and just has no interest in enforcing the, the kind of nominal protections that renters have. Um, so Yeah, I guess that's been interesting in terms of mediation. Um, I think it's a longer standing issue again around the actual accountability uh, measures that are, are there in writing and are never carried out really for the predominance of the time. So that's why we have um, a demand around, around that issue that penalties must be applied to landlords, agents and agencies who refuse to negotiate rental agreements in good faith and also who breach our rights as renters. So we're seeing that there are penalties within the Act for multitudes of things um, around maintenance issues that are, you know, a huge problem with renting at the moment, as you know, as always, as, as it always has been. Mm -hmm. But the actually, like the actual enforcement of those penalties, is just never carried out. And with mediation currently, you know, a lot of people go into mediation thinking that maybe the mediator has some kind of binding order power, mm -hmm. or that they would have the ability to kind of represent the, the uh, renter's position or their their sort of situation in hardship. And we're just not seeing that. Mediators are only a third party to communicate between, you know, between the agent and between the renter. And they're really not enforcing anything. And, um, yeah, it's really concerning because the disparity between the landlord and the renter for the most part is so starkly different and the hardship that renters are in is not only a financial one, but it's also the fact that they might be left without a roof over their head during this pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I, I, might, I was just going to ask a question. Sorry, Shane, to jump in. Um, one of the one of the things that we've had, because obviously we're an organisation for older people, um, and with the pandemic, um, with libraries being closed and the real digital divide that happens, especially on with low income. Um, older people that even the processes themselves in terms of registering an agreement means that they're not even able to get to that stage before they can then get the other benefits like the rent reliefs and all and the mediation and all that sort of stuff. So are you finding that with with your within your union, are you finding that members are finding it difficult even to just get the process underway? Or is it just that the the lack of awareness of the process is the issue? It's a really good question and um, it's one that we've been trying to work on a lot. Like in April and March, we had some um, renters who were facing eviction, like illegal eviction immediately, and we went around to try and find new ways to connect to them who were facing that um, 
and you know at the time when lockdown was less than it is now we were able to go around and pamphlet certain apartment blocks that we know we knew were an issue um, we also had multiple languages um, and you know translated information that we were disseminating in local um, food stores or or you know cafes and things like that um, I think currently because of lockdown it, it becomes even more difficult and it's even more concerning because so many people could be on the streets right now and um, yeah not able to find or have access to, to how to how to get help but um we have been working quite closely with the Community Union Defence League um, who are doing food, food stalls um, across the city and in Dandenong and regional areas. Uh, and we have uh, resources and pamphlets and um, people who are Rahu members and organisers at those um, food kitchens as well. So we're able to speak to people on the street as well. But yeah, generally speaking, um, the online the online resources that are available through CAV um, or other like community legal aid services are, even if you have access to a computer, very difficult to navigate. Mm. Um, so yeah, most of our resources are on our website and our Facebook and Twitter and stuff. But generally speaking, yeah, we're trying to come up with creative approaches to make sure we're all able to access the same thing. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. The, um, there's so much more that I would like to ask you about, but I think we're almost out of time. We might have to get you back uh, another time to, to follow up the conversation. But I mean, obviously, before we go, the, one of the main things that we wanted to ask about today is how our listeners can kind of find out more and get involved with the union. Um, and I know you mentioned a petition earlier. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for being able to have me on the show. Um, at the moment, we're, we're rolling out a petition to extend the relief measures and extend the eviction ban. Um, so you can find that on Megaphone or through our website, rahu.org.au. Um, and yeah, we've, we've just rolled out our 10 demands recently and five of the most important ones at the moment are extending the eviction moratorium and broadening it until September 2021 an amnesty on rental payments um, for us to be able to stay at home, for all rental debts accrued to be forgiven with no fault or penalty, and for new and existing rent reduction agreements to be below 30% of tenants' income as it's projected in September. So you can get in touch with us at rahu.org.au um, or you can hit us up on email at organise at rahu.org.au as well. That's great. We'll put all the all those links in the notes to the show on 3CR as well. Amazing. Thank you so much, Shane and Fiona, for having me on. Thank you. Yeah, it's been awesome. fascinating. We'll have to have you back for sure in a couple of months and see how things are going. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Fingers crossed it all works out. <laughs> yep. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Thanks so much for all of your work. And it's really great to hear that kind of community level organising happening, um, especially face-to-face. -face. Um, I think we really need to not lose sight of how important face-to-face -face work is, even with the pandemic restrictions, particularly for older people on low income. So thanks again for all your work and for coming on today. Brilliant. Thanks so much, guys. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. See ya. Our community radio, 855am. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live.
an important message from the Victorian government about coronavirus. To manage coronavirus and save lives, immediate action is required. This means if you can stay home, you must stay home. Yes, it's a major disruption to your lives, but this disruption today will save the lives of many Victorians tomorrow. If you think you may have coronavirus, call the government's hotline on 1800 675 398 or visit coronavirus.vic.gov.au. Victorian Government, managing this together. A 3CR supporter. So you're listening to 3CR 855 on the AM dial. This is Raise the Roof. I'm Fiona and I'm here with Shane. And we just heard from Areni from the Renters and Housing Union, um, which was really interesting. So we also have some thoughts about some of the rental laws that have been enacted during the COVID time and whether they're actually playing out for people um, as they were intended. Shane, do you have some comments to make about that? Me? No, no, me. Comments about rental laws. The... um, (laughs) I mean, I already talked a fair bit there about the need to extend the, the emergency measures. And, you know, like we said at the top of the show, we're happy to say the Victorian government has extended those measures. They're set to run through to the end of December now. Um, I guess we, we also have the problem that, you know, it's not enough, uh, I think we would say, to just extend those emergency measures. The emergency measures actually need to be fixed. Um, you know, there's so many problems with the way they've been rolled out, um, especially in the key areas of the so-called eviction moratorium and the systems that, that are supposed to support the negotiation of rent reductions between landlords and tenants. I mean, we've seen just absolutely systematic um, flouting of those rent reduction provisions, or at least the intention of those provisions by real estate agencies. Um, estate agents across the state have been called on by the Victorian government to quote unquote, do the right thing to sit down at the table with their tenants and negotiate rent reductions in good faith. And as anyone who's anyone who's ever uh, run into a real estate agent could have told you that has absolutely failed. Real estate agents have, you know, essentially conspired, um, have organised to prevent the actual application of rent reductions. Um, they have, wherever possible, um, dishonestly pushed tenants onto rent deferment arrangements, which means that those tenants are still liable for the debt down the track. Um, that, that was an unconscionable act by the dog industry of real estate agents, but what do you expect from these pitiful mongrels? The, um, wait, is, you haven't had your coffee this morning. You know I have. You know I have. The, um, so we call on the government, if you want rent reductions for tenants who've lost income, you have to legislate the rent reductions. The, government, the government's fantasy that these things will be resolved through good faith negotiations. Everyone told them that won't work because of the power imbalance. The government said, well, we trust landlords to do the right thing. And they've, landlords have, have shown themselves incapable of doing that. So that's point one. How am I going for time? Have I got time to, to lay into the... Uh, yeah. To the eviction moratorium. Yeah. The eviction moratorium is great as far as it goes. And as far as it goes is, um, if you've lost income because of COVID and you don't pay rent, um, you can't be evicted for that at the moment. So that is a, a vitally important protection. But there's a, there's a need for a much broader eviction moratorium for that. And I think a lot of people believe there's a much broader eviction moratorium than that. But in fact, you can be evicted for essentially any reason that you could be evicted before the so-called moratorium, the landlord can kick you out because they want to move in, move their mum in, renovate, sell, you know, all of those things. We, we would like to see much stronger protections. Um, 
the government's approach to the so-called moratorium largely was to say, well, VCAT can decide in any given case if the eviction's fair or not. And that's failed in the two specific ways we said it would fail and that everyone said it would fail. Um, firstly, because tenants generally don't defend applications at VCAT. Um, if a tenant gets a notice that the landlord's seeking a termination order, they're very likely just to move out. Um, secondly, it fails because VCAT's decision-making is uh, subject to the, the perspective of the particular member who's making a decision on that day. And there's a lack of transparency and accountability in the way that VCAT makes decisions. Again, if the government wants to prevent evictions, they have to legislate to prevent evictions. They can't just say, we'll let the other guy decide. They can't just leave it up to, to somebody else. Um, the, the, the failure across the board in these measures is the failure of the government to actually legislate the thing they say they want. Um, I think that's the end of my rant. A rant over. I guess the, the underlying issue as well is that none of these measures um, apply to people who couldn't afford the rent prior to the pandemic. And so for a lot of older renters who are already paying 80, 90% of their income in private rental, none of these measures are going to help them. Um, and they're not eligible for any of the rent relief either because they haven't actually lost income as a result of the pandemic. So if that sounds like you or somebody that you know, um, and you are yourself struggling in private rental at the moment, or you have received an illegal notice to vacate from your landlord, or no, even, if, even if you haven't received... Don't say it's illegal. That sounds like legal advice. Don't give me legal advice. Okay, so if you've received a notice to vacate, it's probably not valid, but we know that there's lots of other ways that landlords are pressuring their renters to leave at the moment, which may not be formal. So if any of those things are striking you at the moment, you can give us a call and we can potentially help you. Um, and if we can't help you, we can certainly find somebody who can help you. Um, so Shane, do you have the number? Me? I thought yeah. you had the number. It's 9654-7389, uh, or you can call us toll free on 1300-765-178. That's 1300-765-178. Uh, you can also find us all over social media or all over Facebook, all over Twitter. Got our website, oldertenants.org.au. Yep. And unfortunately, we can't do anything face-to-face -face at the moment, but we're still able to help people over the phone. So give us a call if you're having trouble with your housing and you're age 50 years and older. That's probably all we have time for. Well, you just huh? got to announce what song we're about to hear. Oh, yeah. What song are we about to hear? Um, I think we will hear something, something good. Um, do you have any requests, Shane? <laughs> listen listeners do you appreciate the planning and orchestration that goes into the show how uh, about we listen to some azalea banks okay that sounds terrible but fine okay we'll listen to some azalea banks and we'll go out with that song now so that's all we have time for this fortnight and we'll see you again shortly see ya